Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we usually do live every Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern time for about a half hour. But we're recording today because my schedule got strange and that I have to pick up a family member. Actually, my son is flying in with his wife and it's going to conflict with our time, our usual time. So we're going to record this program and then we'll put it out and it'll be available as they usually are. We do this discussion because we want to take the opportunity through this broadcast media to take some of the information and the wisdom that we gained over many years facilitating pet loss support groups, the same wisdom that we put into our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And we also like for this to be very much a conversation. So the medium makes it so that you can write to us, we can dialogue with you, we share we share stories and questions from audience members all the time. And you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at n-s-a-x-t-o-n-l-o-p-e-z at csmpc.com. And this program is also a friend of Dakin Humane Society. Dakin Humane Society is located in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's a 501c3 community-supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter, medical care, spay-neuter services, and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. They're very devoted to helping, helping to have the bond between people and our animal companions be at its very best. Since opening in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. You can make a donation as a subscription to support our program by clicking the link attached in the description. And you can also like our program on Facebook and subscribe and give a like on YouTube. You can dialogue with us also through YouTube and Facebook. And today we are, we've decided that we're going to have a philosophical discussion about loss and the place that it takes in our life. And it it sparked largely by the fact that I got a note from a person who was saying that they were really struggling, that they were feeling guilty and they were feeling like it was taking way too long for them to get through their grief. Their cat had died and their cat had died at a fairly young age, which of course is hard. But as we went back and forth, in our conversation, they let it be known that the the loss was two or three weeks ago. Right. And yeah. And, and what that struck in me is this idea that it bears discussion to talk about how grief can take a long time. It can take a short time or it can take a long time and that it never really goes away. Like the old Kubler-Ross model talked about, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was a physician who studied death and dying. She provided 
both counsel and research findings based on observing and being with people who were at the end stage of uh, terminal illnesses. And she created a model for grieving, which is very familiar. And we've used it in our conversations here with some, with some changes and adaptations. And the main adaptation that I think it's really important for us to stress is that we don't come back to exactly the same place that we were before the loss, when we've had a major loss. We come back to a different understanding of life. We come back to an integration of the experience that we've had into our life story. And so that's what our conversation is about today. And, and I'm just going to, and I'm, I'm saying a lot, so I'll stop in a minute. <laughs> no, and I, and I think that we needed to have a kind of a foundation of what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, we all grieve. It, it, technically, we kind of can grieve every day just on some yes. level. Yes. You know, yes. this is kind of a normal thing. Obviously, there are deaths that are tremendously painful. And we're mm -hmm. talking a lot about, of course, our companion animal uh, deaths. But, you know, people die. I mean, look at, you know, we can feel bad for the Ukrainian people. Yep. You know, we can grieve for them in yep. having to leave their homes, you yep. know, when maybe never going back to their country. Losing I mean, family members, losing oh, certainty terrible. about um, their lives. So we can grieve for the climate. I mean, there are so mm -hmm. many things that we kind of deal with emotionally every day. Mm -hmm. um, now, grief ebbs and flows, right? In yep. the beginning, it's tremendous. The waves are tremendously powerful. You know, over time, those waves aren't as strong and those waves kind of ebb out, you know, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that someone grieving can't have all of a sudden a episode of you know really intense pain again, right? Yep. Yep. And and it's and it's how people look at it, right? This gentleman who you who you talk to, um, really two weeks is it's very very soon. Mm -hmm. It's very close to his loss. Yep. You know, grieving can take up to, and not at the same the same intensity, but it can take up to years. Yep. And like you said it eventually is integrated into our life. It, it becomes so, so I showed you these pictures before, before we started. This is, this is my little Jack and Lily. Lily. So Lily is the one with the big ears oh, and the gunk under her eyes. Jack is the one with the shiny little forehead. And this is 2000, the day we were picking them up. And, and now they are, they're, they're gone. gone. Lily, actually was two and a half pounds. She was a tiny little chihuahua. She lived to be five and a half years old mm -hmm. and we lost her. It was very, very sad. Jack lived to be almost 16 and we lost him in 2015. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everything changes. So here's, here's Eric, my son, he's now 29. He's right. holding Jack a <laughs> few years, a couple of years picture. later. <laughs> and here's, Here's here's the family. Here's so me and uh, my husband Tim and Eric. Tim is holding Lily. Jack is being held by Eric. Right. And and when I look at these pictures, I just found them a couple of days ago. Eric is actually is visiting. I'm picking him up as I mentioned. And 
And I looked at these pictures and I, I could feel the sadness because it was very hard losing, losing these two little friends. And it's also, it's also hard losing the stages of our lives. That's right. You know, it's just, it's just like, look at, you look at Tim and me and we look very different today. That's right. Than you did back then, right? I know. And Eric looks very different. He's not, he's not eight or nine or 10 years old. He's 29 no, years he's old. Almost 30. Yeah. And, and he'll be, he'll be 30 this year. He'll be 30 this year because Elise is 30 this year. <laughs> so, you know, it's, yes, every and, day is a gift, but every day we can look at things or feel things that are kind of sad, you know? And, and I, and I must say, when I looked at this picture of Jack and Lily, there were pangs of grief yeah. in that. And there was also well, like how insanely cute they are and, and will always be in my vision, my, in my mind's eye. And yeah. so I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have not had them in my life, but the, the losses were, were very difficult. And, and, that's that's what life is. I mean, right. life is all about losing and gaining and gaining and losing and and learning in the process. And you learn because each experience creates actuality and actuality character, right? It it, it creates us to be um, have more of a depth, yeah, because yeah. of those feelings. Yep, that yep. we have to go through. It, it, it's interesting because when I talk with my son and and his wife one of the things that i i've said to them here and there because they're they're in the process of looking for a home they live in germany they're in the process of looking for a home they've had some issues with the place that they're renting not big issues but they've had some issues they've had some issues with employers and one of the things i i've told them is that you know when i was your age changes unwelcome changes and challenges like loving a house that you're looking at and then finding out that it's got really big problems when you have the person who comes in and, and uh, you know, investigates it. And I, I forgot the word, but the person who evaluates actually the nature of the structure and all of that. And then you, then you feel really sad about it. And one of the things that, that I've said to them is over time, we learn that these kinds of changes and losses are just not that big, big things in our life. You know, you learn that there's that that many of the 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 things that seem like huge losses, comparatively, are just not. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not. not as big as other. You know, like yeah. really, our relationships are probably the hardest, or a natural disaster, or a war. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. those are very large, you know, losses. And every loss teaches us about the nature of the world. It teaches us to to learn perspective. I mean, they're really, really hard lessons. They're, yeah. Like you said, like relationship losses and changes, and if we're laid off from our from our work, you know, all or of we work. have to move. All of a sudden, we have to move. We've talked about that with animals. I mean, people would come to the group, and all of a sudden, they they had a death, like the one lady from and was going to North Carolina. The next day, she was moving. I mean, it. it, it how do you process that if yeah, you have yeah. multiple losses and people have multiple losses yeah. and people have losses close together and how do you manage that? And so it was, it was nice that you showed Lily and Jack and I don't have a picture of this. I mean, I don't want to have time to find it, but on my mantle, 
is a very large portrait of oh, yes. yeah. Jack and Rosie and Ellie and Molly and Hank, right? Mm -hmm. Now, um, three, three of them have died, mm -hmm. right? So I still have it on my mantle. They are still with me. Mm -hmm. Is still with me, Rosie and Molly. Jack and Ellie are still here. Ellie's here behind me. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not taking that down because they're still part right. of my life, right? Yeah. When yeah. I look at them, I ha I'm happy and then I'm sad. Yep. You know, that they're yep. not they're not here anymore. Yep. Um, so, it, and it doesn't matter how long it takes and it doesn't matter how you grieve. Like this gentleman, I feel for him, right? Because he's, and I have a client right now and she's saying, I need this to be over. I can't yeah. tolerate this, these feelings. They're too hard. And the unfortunate part, I'm trying to help her embrace it to some degree because she's pushing back. You know, I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. Which will tend to make them more intense. Right. If you fight against the sadness, the despair that you're feeling, you're you're so intensely engaged with it that you're actually clinging to it yeah. rather than just kind of watching it and saying, OK, I'm feeling this right now. Just watching it and mm -hmm. trying to relax about it and letting it pass. It'll probably come back. But if you if you are trying to push it away if you're trying to forget something, you're really it, it actually holding on to it. You're right. really actually holding on to it. You can't exactly. not exactly. think about something. If you try not to think about something, you are in fact thinking about it. Right. You, you have to either try to focus on something else, and that is some that can be very helpful when we're grieving to have healthy distractions where we spend some time maybe taking a walk outside or we're calling friends or we're listening to music or we're doing something that distracts us in a healthy way and helps us to feel soothed but it is gonna you're gonna you're gonna need to hang on to the fact yeah, that this happened know. and also i think it depends on how people were brought up yep how they grieve what their culture is what their religious um you know component is um i mean if you ha i have a person this person that is really upset with still feeling the way she feels has she's a very anxious woman right so she's mm -hmm. anxious she's a little obsessive and mm -hmm. so and 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 she wants to control this but there's yeah. no way to control yeah. so i said to her at one point why don't you spend a little time grieving and then you can get distracted and and go and do something else yeah that, then she got so obsessive with it that she did it and did it and did it and did it and then she goes but sometimes i said okay you don't have to do it. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so we really have to be careful or people need to realize. And they may be married to somebody or in a relationship with someone, partner with someone who grieves completely different than they do. Yeah. Yeah. And the 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 one the one thing that I think really is problematic, and some families do this, and I, I don't know how prevalent this is, but they they decide that you can't go near the loss ever again. That's right. You can't talk about it. You can't mention the, the lost person or animal's name. I remember meeting a colleague once, working with a colleague who had a client who was hospitalized. So she was a therapist as well, and she had a client who was hospitalized. And the client wanted her to visit her. 
in the hospital and she said she couldn't do it because she had lost a family member who was very dear to her. And she said, I, I can't, I can't go in the hospital. And I remember having a, a bit of a conversation where I said, how is that going to work? I mean, you're, you're going to need at some point to go inside a hospital, right. I would think. And, but, you know, people do this kind of thing where they, they can't go to certain places. They can't mention certain names. They, and, and that's, you know, that's cuts off a part of your life. And it's, well, it, it, it inhibits you. It curtails you, you, you know, you yeah. get stuck, right? Yeah. Um, not that it's easy. I mean, none of this is easy. Grieving is not easy. Yeah. No, yeah. it's painful. Um, and it has all of those components of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, which was interesting because she really wrote that book for the patient, mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. person that was mm -hmm. dying. Mm -hmm. But everyone took it on for those who are looking at a, a person who is dying. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, it, and it, those those feelings don't come in order. Oh, no, it's a terrible, it's a big, just a big mess. And and interestingly, not too long ago, I was speaking to a friend who I hadn't spoken to in a very long time, so an old friend, and her adult son had died from an overdose. So her adult son had died. And I asked her how she was doing, and I said to her, I said to her what I think, she had heard a million times, which is, I, I can't imagine the depth of, of loss. And she said, neither can I. She said, you know, it's, it is, it's exact, exact, exactly the way I think about it. She said, I can't even imagine how I live with this, but I do. I just keep going. And she said that she, she does the things in life that are gratifying, but it's never far from her. It's never for that, that profound right, loss is never, never far. far from her thinking. And it really, it struck me how, how we just kind of organize our lives in a way where we hold on to whatever the loss is. We keep moving forward and we do it however we get it done because we don't we have really have, forward. we don't really have an option. Right. And she said, she, she said that, it's not like her life is over. It's just that her life has changed in a very profound way. Well, like we, we talked, you know, we learned from every relationship that we have. Yep. Yep. And, and the purpose of the grieving process is to eventually integrate the loss into who we are. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we ever forget. You know, they're always with us. Yep. All of our animals are always with us. Yep. And, you know, and, and, you know, even now with my little dog, Hildy, who's going to be nine months old soon, I, I tell myself every time I put her every, well, I don't have to put her in. She goes in her crate for bedtime now. I just, I think about the fact that the time we have together is so limited. I, I mean, know, right? I like 12, 13, 14, 15 years, maybe it's so limited. I, I always remind myself of that as a way of thinking about how important it is to be caring toward her, to be gentle toward her, to cherish the time that we have because it is fleeting. I mean, it just moves so quickly. And, and, and that actually helps me to appreciate the relationship 
and and just know that nothing lasts forever you know it's like nothing that, lasts forever that. things change all the time right i mean things yeah. that you and i used to do or be yeah. involved with when we were younger some of it's not even here anymore so you're always evolving with society with culture you know you have to right technology took over the world you know some yeah. decades ago we didn't have that growing up and so you know it's it's a matter of losing all the time but yes the most important ones we're talking about are those with our with our animals yeah um and so it's we have to be gentle you know, mm -hmm. we want to take care of ourselves and that's really hard to do. But like you were taught, we have to move forward. Yeah. And that's because we have no other choice. Yep. yep. You know? yeah. I, I think about this, this training that I went to many, many years ago. It, it, and it's, it's something how it really stays with me. But the, the key phrase that, that the trainer spoke was, loss is the elemental human experience. I, I just find that so yeah. important, so significant that, that we are always losing and, and that Meaning. every loss also opens up opportunities for gain. That's right. And, and so she talked about things like when you are an infant, you are completely cared for, like your every need is cared for. If you're in a loving parental situation you're being loved and cared for by effective parents and then all of a sudden you are able to walk and you're able to navigate the world some and so you you lose that kind of envelope of yeah dependent of always being cared for and like yeah. not even having to ask for your needs being being attended to to now you have to navigate the world. But of course, that gives you wonderful opportunities because now you have some agency and you can be active. And, yeah, you can and, look at things and walk around and, yeah. and take in you know, the world. And, and then when you go to school, that's a major loss mm -hmm. experience for the family because right. now you are actually, you belong to the world more. That's now. Right. You and then going to college. Room. And then when you go to college, you really, you are now part of the world you know you're part of the adult right. world and that's an extremely difficult thing for many parents right more navigate. so than the kids the kids yeah, can't wait to go and the parents are like yeah. and i mean that's one of the things you know just to digress a little bit when i speak with parents i say you are raising adults you are not mm -hmm. raising children you are raising children to become adults and you need to be giving them their autonomy in every way that's developmentally appropriate every step of the way, because you don't want them to feel incompetent in the world. You want them to gain competence over time. And so, but, it, but all these, all these loss and gain experience, loss and gain. And when we lose a relationship, well, we're open to new possibilities, but we also have gained everything that all the gifts that we got in the relationship that we got that from now. that relationship, all of the gifts, all of the, all of the memories, all of the feelings, all of the, just all of the warmth that we had. So I look at these little, I remember when I look at little Jack's and Lily's faces, I remember they were these tiny little creatures and they were just so 
loving and and cuddly and I, i'll never forget that that was an amazing yeah. gift they were my son's first dogs mm -hmm. and when i was eight i got a dog and so i wanted to give him the experience of having dogs when he was eight that's an amazing thing for me to hold on to that i was able to do that for him and they, he he loved jack he carried that picture he carried him around all the time jack was his great friend you know he I was think the dog of his childhood, you know. Great gift to have an animal. So like some people, I I understand there are some people that just don't like animals. They don't mm -hmm. want to have anything to do with them. I feel bad for them because they really have have no idea what an animal relationship is like. Yeah. You can't get yeah, that with a human being. Yeah, human beings, relationships with people are very good. But very different. But they're very, very different. They're very complex relative. Right. I mean, animals just love you. <laughs> they don't need to be and stat have status. You don't have to have money. It doesn't yep. matter what you look like. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, they just love you. Right. And they, and they never betray people. you. They never, they never lie to you. No. They don't yell. I mean, they can be a little vindictive once in a while. Okay. I right, mean, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I did have Rosie was a little vindictive once in a while. And they can be pretty headstrong. Yes. They and can. stubborn. But otherwise, it's just pure, unadulterated love. <laughs> and how can, how can you, and they make you slow up, right? They make yeah. you be in the moment with them. Yeah. Which yeah you have to be fun. with them. You have to be with them as they are in the world and, mm -hmm. and and you can try to pull them into your franticness but they're not going to go there it's not like it's not where they want to be and it's not the best for anyone so but it so that's i think that the the idea that that i wanted to convey today was it takes whatever time it takes and you will never forget your beloved animal no. companion you may for, you may forget you may feel like you're forgetting them in the early stages of grief because your memory is all messed up. Yeah, jumbled like, up. Like, jumbled it's up. like it, you you can't concentrate as well as you usually would. So but those those experiences those memories are not are not going away and you can reflect on other losses and changes in your life and realize that you hold on to the memories that are most emotionally significant for you that's kind of the way memory seems to work that we hold on to the the, the recollections that really meant a lot to us mm -hmm. when they happened and that they will it will come back to you and and you will hold them and you will hold the positives and you know like i look at these little pit i look at these pictures and i smile i don't i'm not right you're not anymore. upset right you're you, yeah. you you had wonderful relationships with these and dogs they and they had good lives Lily lived a very short life, five and a half years, but we did everything we could for her. You know, she, five and, a half years. and I'm glad she was here and I'm glad she was with us. You know, you know I, I, when we were talking just, you know, through this, this podcast, I remember the, the dogs of my childhood. Yep. I mean, yep. there were many of them because we lived on a farm and yep. so they would come and go and, and not that I wanted them to go, but because we lived on a major highway, unfortunately, um, way upstate in New York, some were killed, some 
got away. My mother, unfortunately, was not a dog person. So they weren't allowed mm -hmm. in the house. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but they especially, you know, Skippy, who I watched, unfortunately, died. But there were other ones. I mean, we had so many. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, it, 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 I, it was really wonderful. Spooky was the last one before I went to college. And and he was just such a great dog. And my and my brother had labs and we had four or five of them. And we had, you know, all I'm saying is all of them mean something. And they, they mean something and they, and they stay with you. And the, the, the pain, you know, I'm sure you can conjure the pain yeah. as, as we all can when we think, but, but really what, what tends to stay for the long run is the joy that you had right. in, in knowing them and having them be part of your life. Right. Yeah. And it can take, a, it can take a while to get, give yourself time. Don't feel like you have to. You have no. to be over this. Don't add judgment on top of no. Nope. It's your experience. journey, and your journey will is unique. And maybe it could be short. It could be long. It doesn't matter. There's no judgment. Yep. Yep. So, I guess we'll stop there. As always, it's great talking with you, Nancy. Yes. Now and we have to be aware because I think on the twenty fourth is is that next week or the week after. That will be, yeah, that'll be next week. All right, because because we we won't be doing a live then, right? Because you have your, your. It depends. I'm not oh, sure okay. yet. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. They haven't told me. Depends oh, they have. Whether I just want to make sure whether they can schedule the surgery or not. So. All right. So so we'll stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Take care. All right. Take care.